Welcome to Rad Reading, a bookish podcast where the R stands for Refresh and the D stands for Discover, and where we try to help you do those two things for your reading life. I'm Ronnie Lauren, a best-selling romance author who likes her reading life to be big on variety and full of complicated characters. And I'm Don Alexander, an indie editor who never met a whodunit she didn't want to solve or an intricate plot she didn't want to untangle. We are two very different readers, but two very good friends who love to talk books. Join us as we tackle reading roadblocks, give our best bookish tips, and of course, recommend all the great reads that have kept us turning the pages that week. Let's get started. Welcome back to Rad Reading. I'm Ronnie. And I'm Dawn. And today we are sitting here in the heat of Texas and we want to talk about something that is not summer. (laughs) It is surface of the sun out there right now. (laughs) It is 1030 in the morning. (laughs) Yes. So we decided that even though we aren't in fall yet, unfortunately, and fall really doesn't start here in Texas until like November. Oh, absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Um, We are going to bring fall to us by talking about some fall reading. Um, But Dawn, do you, I know you're not as much of a seasonal reader as I am, but do you find yourself shifting out of summer reading right now? Are you still kind of reading your normal stuff? Are you looking for things that might be a little bit more fall themed? Well, we've talked about before how I really don't get to be a seasonal reader because of my job that I'm reading Christmas books in July and that kind of thing. And so when we first talked about this topic, I was like, this is totally a Ronnie thing. I don't do seasonal reading. But this magic thing of preseason football started when I was preparing for this episode. And so I was like curled up in my chair and I was reading and there was football on the TV And suddenly it didn't quite feel like it was 112 outside, which is not an exaggeration for those of you listening. Um, So I suddenly was like, okay, maybe, maybe this is what it is for me. Mm -hmm. Maybe having that moment, because I could totally go back to picturing like it being cold outside and having a fire in the fireplace and I'm sitting there reading and half listening to the football game. So yeah. So more atmospheric, like the setting of your reading versus the actual content of your reading. You would right. Say. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And for me, I, I've mentioned before, I'm a complete seasonal reader. So it's not to say that I only read seasonal books during the season, but I do like certain things at certain times. Um, Last year, early in the podcast, we talked about fall reading and I talked about my love of campus novels. So because, and, and Dawn, you were a school teacher, so you have that same vibe too. I think that you know, August, September begins the season of school. So it feels like a new year in a different way. Um, and so campus novels always call to me then, you know, cause usually campus novels are not set in hot campuses. It's usually like right. new England <laughs> with the leaves falling and everybody's wearing, you know, sweaters. Um, but today I wanted to talk about another part of my fall reading, which um, we haven't really covered as much is I've been craving paranormal. Like all of a sudden it kind of hit me in a wave. I used to be a huge paranormal reader and got away from it. And then just like in the last couple of months, I'm like, huh, vampires. <laughs> so, you know, it's come back. Which just means my evil plan for world domination is working. <laughs> <laughs> right. So today we're not going to focus on general fall reading. We're going to talk specifically um, about paranormal and, you know, the different versions of that urban fantasy and all of that that fall under that umbrella um but before we get started i did want to give a quick little shout out we're talking about school if any of you out there um are not just readers and would like to be a writer or have considered writing a romance i am offering um for the first time this year 
my beginner romance writing course. It's an online course. It takes eight weeks. So it's a kind of comprehensive beginner course. I do live calls on Zoom um, on Saturdays usually, but they're recorded if you can't make it. So if you've ever wanted to write a romance novel or you've tried and got frustrated or you got stuck in one or you have a bunch of starters, you know, in a drawer somewhere, um, you can come take my class. If you use the code early bird or early bird two, um, I'm giving a $20 discount before August 25th. Um, and you can just, we'll put it in the show, show notes. We'll put the link for the class, but if not, you can go to my website and find it. Um, but if you want to join me, join me. So moving on from our little ad Hold <laughs> on before she moves on from her little ad. Yes, Dawn is in class too. So go ahead, Dawn. Yes. <laughs> I get to make guest appearances. The class is awesome. And her website that you can go to, to find it is RonnieLoren.com. Just yeah. to make sure you know that. Thank you, Dawn. Um, yeah, Dawn has joined me for all the versions of the class. So she's seen it from the very beginning until now. And she offers her editorial insight, which is always great um, to add to the class. So, all right, back to our topic, which is paranormal. And before we kind of jump into talking about what we like in paranormal, I just wanted to, do you think paranormal's having a moment again, Dawn? I was thinking about this. This is something I added like late to the podcast notes because I was like, it's weird because it used to be the thing, right? Right twilight everything that twilight spawned (laughs) yeah and even before that because twilight was i think 2005 i could be wrong on that but i think it's 2005 it didn't really hit until a little bit after that um but true blood you know tv show was out and so all of that time during like what we call the aughts right the mid to late aughts (laughs) just a weird word but um it was when I started kind of in publishing. So I was starting to try to get published around 2008, 2009. The first book I wrote was a YA paranormal. Um, It never got published, but that's the first one I queried is because that's all that was out there. Like that was the thing, both in adult romance and YA romance. Chiclet had kind of gone away. So those like books with the pink covers, everybody was drinking Mm -hmm. Cosmos, the sex in the city vibe had kind of become like, everybody was burnt out on that and didn't want that anymore. So all this dark, paranormal erotic romance was having a moment they were kind of tied together um and then like everything was that and everybody got tired of it and then boom rom-com came along and we are still in the rom-com zone um but i had kind of a feeling like rom-com is getting to that point where they're putting so much of it out there that we're going to get tired of it because Mm -hmm. i feel the rumblings of paranormal coming back are you seeing that dawn in your editorial life i am and i think it's a couple of factors one is i think is everybody's looking for something different mm-hmm. they're tired of our current world the problems with our current world have dragged on much longer than anybody expected and so these paranormals especially some of them that i'm going to be talking about later they're completely different it's in a completely different world completely new set of problems that kind of thing and so i see that and i see the I'm burnt out on writing rom-coms. I'm burnt out on writing contemporary. I want to do something that I haven't done before. Mm-hmm. And we all know, you know, technically every story has been told, whatever. Sure. But I think you see these authors that they've put out 17 rom-coms mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, but I think I want to play with some werewolves now mm-hmm. because the authors have to be interested in the story too. Or that shows up in the writing. So Mm -hmm. I feel like it's such different things than what we're facing every day that people are looking towards it for a a huge escape. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think people look at escape different ways because 
historically, if you look back over recent decades, dark books get popular during dark times. So like the dark times of the eighties, horror was the big thing. And then the dark times of the aughts was we had a recession and the housing market crashed and all of that stuff. So we had paranormal was around dark and then the billionaires came in because recession, right? We all want to mm-hmm. be swept away by a billionaire. So the billionaire romances started. Um, but now we have, I think in the pandemic, we tried to escape into rom-com and comedy, but sometimes you can't escape into the light. Sometimes you need the dark to like wallow in the dark with the darkness. Um, and that tends to be how my reading veers. I like darker books during darker times, or if I'm in a dark mood, like if I'm in a sad mood, I want a dark book. I don't actually look to comedy to brighten me up. I want to read comedy when I'm feeling happy. So um, I feel like it's happening again. I feel like it's going to shift. That rom-com is going to shift. I could be completely wrong. And in 10 years, I'll look back and be like, <laughs> she was so wrong. But if I'm feeling like I want to read all the witchy, vampy, you know, werewolfy books when I haven't wanted to read that in a long time, it probably means I'm part of a bigger group. It's not just me, <laughs> you know, like I'm sensing a trend in the air. Well, and I think it's based on power too. Mm-hmm. I think the idea of everything that's around us, we don't have a whole lot of power to change. And so the idea of I could be a witch and I could mm-hmm. snap my fingers, that's why I have my superhero obsession. Mm-hmm. I could snap my fingers and suddenly, um, I mean, I would settle for I could snap my fingers and that mountain of laundry is clean and I don't have to <laughs> right. fold it. But a lot of the books we're going to talk about, they deal with much bigger issues. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's that idea too. And I would say we're coming through still in, but coming through a pandemic. So the concept of vampires who can live forever, werewolves who heal very quickly or don't Mm -hmm. get sick, witches who can heal people. um, I think that's very in line with like, we were terrified that we were all, you know, going to get this pandemic or get this disease and die or lose somebody important to us. And so it's so fascinating to me. I could write papers about this, <laughs> my, my nerdy self, because we're all doing this at this is subconscious level that we're drawn to these things to read. We're not thinking about that, but it's like your, your brain just naturally draws you to those things. So anyway, I'm predicting, we'll see how it goes, that this is starting um, to be a bigger comeback than just, because, you know, nothing ever really goes away. There are still people who only were reading vampires right. and still read vampires, but it was a much smaller market traditional publishing kind of stepped away from it. Um, But that's the beauty of indie publishing is that when traditional publishing steps away from something like erotic romance, they stepped away from that too. When I was, you know, used to be in that world, um, then the indies come in and kind of fill in that gap. So that's what we're going to go into today. We're going to, we have all kinds of recommendations and um, it's going to be a long list. So we're going to get started, but first on what kind of paranormal or urban fantasy do you gravitate toward because I know there's a really big swath of what that means to be paranormal and I think you and I have different versions of what we like so what are you you looking for in a paranormal or kind of urban fantasy read all of it I like all of it um I like anything with a little bit of magic or a little bit of supernatural in it and when I first was thinking about this, I was like, well, I like the books where magic is just accepted in our world. It's just mm-hmm. something that exists and people accept it and you're magic or you're not magic. And what's the conflict of that? But 
that's a lie because <laughs> I do, <laughs> while I do like those books, when I was looking at my reading habits and what I really gravitate towards, I want all the weirdness. Mm-hmm. I want the other world. I want the planet. I want a good post-apocalyptic place. So I'm really good with whatever. Mm-hmm. Where I have trouble turning my editing brain off is I need the rules of the world and the rules of the magic to be consistent. Right. Right. And for non-writers, what that would mean is if I have a shapeshifter and this whole time he's just been the shapeshifter and he can change from himself into a giant bear, but now he can change from himself into a giant bear and he can suddenly read minds. Okay, where'd the mind reading come from? I need I need those rules to be consistent. And I've always liked looking at other cultures and seeing how they do things. And I think that's why I love these series that are set in completely different realms because, okay, so how does your culture work and what are the rules and how do you, you know, what society expectations do you have and how are you surviving in this post-apocalyptic world? That's so extrovert of you (laughs) (laughs) that you're so interested in the social systems. Like I've never thought about that in a book. (laughs) Honestly, I've never thought about it i mean i like friend groups and all of that but like th- that does that part doesn't you know draw me so that's so interesting but um and i'm a little bit opposite with the world building like well i want consistent rules still but like i'm less drawn to the the fantasy world not that i don't read them because there are some that we'll, we'll talk about but like vampire academy was a fantasy world and you know that you go to a different place but i kind of think of my paranormal reads as like Buffy. So we're going to, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is very formative for me, you guys. She's going to come up, but it's magic in the real world. It's people who didn't, there are people who don't know that it exists. So it's like still a world I can relate to without having to learn a whole new like thing. Um, I tend to, to like those. It doesn't mean I can't like the other ones, but I'm drawn most to that. And then in my paranormal, I really do want to romance. So it doesn't have to be the main plot line. It could be a romantic thread and a subplot. It can be secondary, but I still like it there because I read books for relationships. Like that is what I read for. So um, Dawn, you need romance in yours? I need some kind of relationship. It doesn't have to be a romance. It can be two best friends, but I need, that's why I don't get quite into like sci-fi sometimes because it gets so bogged down in the science of it that I need the people, which is really weird for me and my plot loving self to be like, I need some characters, but I, I want to see that relationship and how that relationship is surviving through whatever they're going through at that moment. Right. And I probably know the answer um, to this about you, but do you have a preference for YA or adult. I, I like YA paranormal. It's been a huge part of my reading from early on. Um, and I really have a special spot for it. I think it's back to that Buffy thing and the vampire diaries and all of those like TV shows that were about teenagers and paranormal, but I love that angst of being in high school and having to deal with the actual demons, like that. They're not just the internal demons. They're real demons at your high school. So, um, Dawn, I don't think you're a YA fan, so I know you're. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Um, I don't read a ton of YA in general, just because I spent 18 years as the teacher in the high school, dealing with all the high school angst, and some people that I would want to throw some holy water on and just see if their skin sizzled a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, any any of my former students listening, I love you. I'm not talking about you, but <laughs> so I um, haven't. I mean, I read Twilight. I read Harry Potter. Those were kind of the extent of my YA there. The um, trope that 
I got bored with was the this is a 16 year old and they're the chosen one and nobody will listen to them. And I've spent a lot of my life surrounded by 16, 17, 18 year olds. We do not need to put them in charge of the safety of the world. I'm just, they need some adult support. <laughs> but Buffy, it's so fun. This is why we do a podcast, you guys, because we're so different because Buffy is the chosen one, right? Like that is the literal yes. trope is in every generation, there is one chosen one and she is it. Um, so I love the chosen one trope. And I think that's because I like when characters are just discovering their paranormal abilities or like they're freshly bitten and they just became a vampire or anything like that. Like that whole journey of like, I was human and I didn't know these things existed. And now I'm either not human or I'm exposed to people that are not human. And this whole other world is there. Like, I love that journey and I know it can be cliche and I don't care. I will read it. <laughs> every time every time i'm here for it like she just discovered she's a wolf amazing let's do this you know so you like it further down like the yes. dystopian world they've been in this world for a while and know this right stuff. yeah i will say i love a good origin story because you know the marvel girl and me i love my origin stories but i gravitate towards the one of this world is already established mm -hmm. and there's already rules to this world and like I guess you said it, it's an extrovert thing of, I want to see, like, if I was dropped in the middle of this world, how would I function and how do they function? And how is that different from what our world is like? So that, I think that's why I lean away from YA on that. Yeah. And me with world building, I need it to be really smooth because some books can get bogged down with it, which is why I don't read a lot of high fantasy because it's like, there's so much heavy lifting to do with the world building that I get bored or it's too plotty because it's all about the world and not about the characters. So I have to be careful. If, and I'm going to talk about a book that somebody recommended that was isn't working for me so far. And it's because of that. It's because it's doing lots of world building. And I'm like, where are my people? And what are their angst? Like, what is their angst? So I need that now or I'm out. <laughs> Tell me their tragic backstory. See, I love all the worlds. I mean, I'm good with a planet covered in ice or... A magic place based on a big rock in Texas, which I'm going to talk about, or Dallas after dragons attack it. I am here for that. Yeah. I am here. It's part of world building, but it's a specific part. I am here for the mythology of how things become whatever, like how people change, how you become a vampire, what can kill a vampire or what can kill a wolf or how do, are they born a wolf or do you have to be bitten? Like all of those things that authors can play with. Like I love when they take a fresh take on it. Um, I'm going to make Dawn say her note out loud that she put on this note about Twilight. <laughs> I said I was going to withhold all of my snarky comments about Edward's sparkly chest, but she should insert eye rolling here. <laughs> See, because what we, was that? I mean, yeah, I, but you know, you have the problem of if you need this guy to walk in daylight, you know, what do you do? And why does he, why is he avoiding it? And, you know, but I did recently go to the Pacific Northwest and I can see why she said it there because it really, there isn't a lot of sun. So it made sense, but, um, but I do like when authors kind of play around with, it's not the same kind of rules that, you know, you right. learn from Dracula or whatever. So I love it when they have like the vampires strolling down the street in the middle of a sunny day and the character's like, Oh my God, aren't you going to explode? And he's like, no, I don't even know where that came from. I don't. So I like when they, they acknowledge it, right. they acknowledge, or when they come up with a really interesting way 
to explain that history that's different from what we've been taught. Right. I like right. I like that too. Yeah. And do you have a favorite creature, Dawn? I've I've already shown my cards on this because I do I do love a vampire. I can go with a werewolf. I like witches and demons too, but vampires have I think I started with them when I was young and it's always been, you know. Mine's gonna be dragons. Mm-hmm. I like dragons. After dragons would definitely be werewolves because I was firmly team Jacob from day one. Um but after that, no. Aliens, witches, demons. I re- I recently did one that had mermaids. Right. I was down with that too. So yeah, I'm I'm open to all cultures. Right. And there are a couple of things that don't work for me um, in paranormal, and I'm open to having them work for me. It's just they haven't worked for me in the past. But there's a lot of fairy stories out there, and there's all this mythology about the fae, and it can be terrifying. Fairies can be terrifying, and <laughs> I have Sarah J. Moss's A Court of Thorn and Roses on my shelf, and I've read a little bit of it because people rave about the series. So I, I haven't given up hope on fairies, but for some reason it hasn't like connected with me as much. And I think it's because you have to be in a full fantasy world usually with fairy books. Like it's so much world building. So I get kind of hung up and lost in that. Um, but Dawn, do you have things that don't work for you? I'm like a mix of a full fantasy world. Like I like the whole, um, there's all of these different clans living together and we've got the Fae and you've got the goblins and you've got, and how do those interact? Uh, And then I also like just what we consider urban fantasy, which is it's set in our world Mm -hmm. where I start to get a little like wheel of time didn't work for me Mm -hmm. because it's super high fantasy of and there's a and again there's a lot of world building and i i enjoy the world building i don't need three pages to describe somebody's shop opening you know i mean so that's where but most of the modern stuff on that isn't written like that anymore Mm -hmm. and you love a shifter book i i can sometimes they shift into weird things I'm here for a wolf. I could, you know, here for a bear. I don't really want a crocodile, you know, like when it but gets those scaly. could be so much fun. <laughs> An author could convince me. I'm not saying I'm ruling it out, but I'm just saying in general, that's not what I'm looking for. I have to say there are some that cross the line into ridiculous, but usually those don't take themselves very seriously. And so mm-hmm. they're a lot of fun. I did do a book that was bird shifters and we know birds are not my favorite thing, mm-hmm. but it was bird shifters. And there was a buzzard that fell in love with a peacock and it was adorable. <laughs> so I can't believe you read a bird book. I'm impressed. The one that gets the short shrift usually is ghost, you know, because it's really hard to write a ghosty romance. that's not, you know, depressing because you know, they're dead. I mean, vampires are dead, but they're still there in the flesh, you know? Um, so I don't tend to read ghost books unless they're a horror book or, you know, like something, it's not a romance basically, but Dawn, are you here for the ghost? And not horror. No, not at all. <laughs> um, and I will tell you just, if we want to have the list of things that freak Dawn out, it's ostriches and ghost of children. Anything that has a ghost <laughs> of a child, I'm gone. Um, so I only seek out the friendly spirit guide ghost, not mm-hmm. the I'm going to eat your soul and pick your aura out of my ghostly teeth ghost. <laughs> um, but they can be a lot of fun in some of the, especially 
they tend to pop up in some of the cozy mystery type paranormals mm-hmm. where you get grandpa and he you know wanders through and happens to knock something off the desk that the person needs to see so they can be fun mm-hmm. but no i don't like the horror ones though yeah. those are not my there is a there is a romance book out right now and i didn't plan to talk about it so i don't have the author in front of me but it's called the dead romantics it's a pretty big best-selling or i think it's pretty best-selling right now i've seen it in a lot of places i have the book and i think the hero is a ghost like something happens to I him in the book and becomes a ghost so i'm going to read it um so i'm not blocking out ghosts so maybe they'll convince me with this one but yeah there is it's not like a scary romance or p- super paranormal i think it's like a rom-com ish um with a ghost hero so we'll see how they work that out but um moving on to actually recommending books and i'm going to preface this a little bit um because i went to my newsletter readers and if you're not following my newsletter you should go do that and we'll put a link in the show notes but um, it's ronnielauren.substack.com because my newsletter is cool and you can make comments on it. And so I asked my readers to give me their best vampy, witchy, werewolfy reads and they completely delivered. So, so many comments and I'm going to be sharing a lot of their recommendations today because a lot of the books that um, I've read from Paranormal are from my past and I've already talked about them on other episodes. So I wanted to give fresh books um, that were endorsed by, you know, actual readers and they have great things to say about it. So when you hear my recs today, um, I'll say it's different, but most of them are coming from my readers of my newsletter who have given me recommendations and not from books that I have quite read yet, but that I have now added to my TBR. So Dawn, however, is going to be talking about books she has read. So yes, um, Dawn, what's your first paranormal you're bringing to us today? Well, I'm going to start off by cheating and recommending an entire series. Um, The Enchanted Rock Immortal series, which this is written by several different authors. It is based on a society that is focused around Enchanted Rock, which is a real place in Texas. And there's different clans within those societies. And so you can pick your paranormal, basically. (laughs) There are shapeshifters, vampires, demons, werewolves, gargoyles, human paranormals, mermaids. This is where the buzzard falling in love with the peacock came from. And it's this conglomeration of authors and they release a book, I think, every month. Mm. And most of them are novellas. They're fairly short, but they're very strong on the world building and they're very strong on the focuses on the romance. Mm-hmm. Are they so, steamy or sweet or kind of deep? That's where you have to kind of test them out because mm-hmm. some of the authors are, are steamier than others. Some of them have a little bit more graphic violence than you would expect, but it gets into like clan politics and there's an underground uh, like mafia style world going on. So once you kind of get sucked into it, you can figure out which authors are for you and which authors you don't particularly aren't particularly interested in that storyline and they intertwine but you can easily read them all as standalones Mm -hmm. so there's other characters that make guest appearances and there's references to events but usually if that event hasn't happened recently it's explained enough that if you miss that book it's okay okay good so you can go and pick your paranormal and just jump in wherever Yes. Pick your paranormal and jump in. (laughs) Awesome. All right. I'm going to go through quickly a couple of the ones that I've already recommended in a long ago episode, just so that they don't, you know, not get mentioned because they are some of my favorites. But 
Um, the Vampire Academy books by Rochelle Mead are some of my favorites. There's going to be a TV show soon, and I am so excited, you guys. So <laughs> I haven't read these probably since like the early, like, I don't know, 2009, 2010, somewhere around there when they were coming out. So I might have to go back and do a reread. But if you haven't read them yet, it's a YA um, vampire series. And since there is going to be a TV show, it's a good time to read them. So and Rochelle Mead does great, like long stretched romance. So like through the whole, I think it's seven books, like you really are pulling for the romances in addition to all of the other vampy things that are going on. Um, and then of course, Charlene Harris's Sookie Stackhouse books, which was the basis of the True Blood series. If you want um, all those vampy werewolfy things, but you want them with lots of hot sex in them, um, <laughs> go to her books. So which who doesn't? I mean, <laughs> really. And then watch the show because they did an amazing job on the show. So it's one of those that, you know, usually the shows let you down. That one did not let me down. Um, of course, Anne Rice's interview with a vampire was formative. Um, I read that when I was a teen, and I do blame it for why vampires are probably still number one for me. <laughs> so because that was my first. Um, and there's gonna be a new show of interview with a vampire too. So um, these are all ones you could do like some studying on before the shows come out so that you can be prepared. Um, but those are the ones I've read. Now I'm going to go into the newsletter subscriber ones. Um, and like I said, haven't read these, but I've added a number of them to my TBR. And if you follow my newsletter and you recommended something that I'm not mentioning, it's not because I didn't like it. It's because you guys were so great <laughs> that there were so many, <laughs> this would be like a three hour episode. So I tried to pick and choose the ones that I thought our listeners would, um, you know, would most appeal to a broad audience. So the first one that got recommended three times. So I had to put it first. Um, this is a rec from Juliet, Tiffany and Valerie in my newsletter and it's bitten by Kelly Armstrong. So this was, I think like 2009 or something. So it's an older book. You can probably get it at the library. Um, it's about a woman who was bitten against her will by a werewolf and she would prefer to live human. Um, but she gets called back to the pack for a crisis. Um, and she's the only female werewolf. So I, I've only read like 50 or 60 pages of this one, but the werewolves like are born through the sun, like through the father's line of sons. And the only way a woman can become one is by being bitten. And they usually don't survive the transition. So she was bitten and so she survived and she's real pissed about it. Um, so um, as you would be. <laughs> right. So there is a TV show of this one as well. People have mixed reviews on the TV show. So you've been warned. Um, this is the one that I mentioned earlier. I, I've read some of it, but it's, more plotty than character driven so far. It's a lot of world building. Um, it might be suffering for me from first book in a long series syndrome, which it happened with Vampire Academy. So I know that I can love a series that the first book didn't necessarily like fully capture me. So I haven't given up on it. Um, but there's so much world building to do in a first book of a series that sometimes it gets a little bogged down. So I'm reserving judgment. Um, and we'll see but for three recommendations it's the only one that got three recommendations i mean there has to be something to it so that's bitten. <laughs> well and i'm like, sitting here thinking i need to check that out that <laughs> totally needs to be on my and it list. might it might exactly the things that aren't working for me are probably exactly the things that'll work for you yeah so and it's it's adult romance so it's no way so you're you're safe there um and then the next one is a vampire book it's called some girls bite by chloe neal this rec was by christy it's book one in the Chicagoland Vampire series. It's a graduate student. She's attacked um, by a vampire, but then she's saved by another vamp who turns her. So now she has to live in this mansion with a group of vampires. And readers say it's got great humor and sexual tension and world building. And it works in that campus novel aspect for me since she's a graduate student. 
And this is also an older one, so you can probably get it pretty easily. And it's got that snarky kind of tone, like the heroine is, you know, got some humor and is just kind of irritated that, you know, I got to be a vampire now. And I really, <laughs> that usually works for me, that whole snarky vibe of like, now I got to go save the world. God damn it. <laughs> you know, yeah, so. that's exactly. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. Right. <laughs> um, so maybe a Buffy vibe in there, even though it's more of an adult, you know, not teen romance. And then Kiss of Midnight by Lara Adrian. This is book one in the Midnight Breed series. Um, readers say this one is a steamy vampire story. So I wanted to include that because we, you know, want some steam in there. It has good world building and a hot hero. And from looking at reviews, it sounds like a lot of readers came to this series after reading J.R. Ward's Black Dagger Brotherhood. So that probably means these are pretty steamy because that series mm-hmm. is um, pretty intense. So that's also another series if you want to go looking for super, super alphas. Black Dagger Brotherhood is very alpha. Um, and then I think I've talked about this one before, but Cressley Cole's Immortals After Dark series was um, recommended by Lori in the newsletter. It starts with a hunger like no other. And I read that one um, and I enjoyed it. So this is a vampire series. They're very steamy. And then as a bonus, if you listen to the Faded Mates podcast or, you, you know, want to, the Faded Mates dedicated a whole season to breaking down every Cressley Cole book in that series. Um, so if they did that, you know, they have to be good because they yes. dedicated all that time to it. Um, so that is Cressley Cole's Immortals After Dark. So for vampires, I'm going to recommend In Blood and Ice by Susan Miller. And this is a really cool different take on a vampire series because it takes place after an ice age has basically destroyed everything for the last hundred years. And so the setting is really interesting because how are they functioning in this ice age? And the vampires and humans are all struggling. And so Josie, who's the main character, is sent out to lead a mission to find new blood stores. They think that there may still be some blood left in this other place. And so um, she is leading this mission and her ex-lover just happens to be on the mission. And of course, the mission goes wrong. Mm. So... And they are vampires. They have to fight through what goes wrong together. They have to deal with the rules of being a vampire. All of that kind of thing. And this one is the first book in a series. So it does wrap up okay, but know that it's it's going into a second book. And I would say that's kind of a blanket warning for almost all of these. Almost all of yes. the paranormals are series. And usually it'll wrap up some storylines, but not wrap up the big storyline um, so just be warned, you know, you're going to want to, you know, give some time to things if you're a series reader. So, and Dawn, you keep escaping to ice planets and ice ages. So <laughs> <laughs> the heat is chasing you to freaking the hot here, people. <laughs> I'm not built for this. My permanent state of being is just sweating now. <laughs> no one's built for this. I've decided no one's built for this, but, um, my next one is, a Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harkness. This was wrecked um, by Nancy. So this one's, I'm sure you've probably heard of it. It's called A Modern Classic by a lot of people. And many people claim it as like their favorite book of all time. It is a big one. So be warned, it is almost 600 pages. Um, but there are witches and vampires. The hero is a vampire geneticist, which I thought was a really cool thing. So um, <laughs> I'm interested in what that exactly entails. And then the blurb calls it a mesmerized, a mesmerizing and addictive read, equal parts history and magic, romance and suspense. Um, this has been on my TBR for a while. I think I've just been intimidated by the size of it because you know how it is with big books. But 
the other, the flip side of big books is usually like when you read them and they're well done, it becomes like your favorite book of all time. So, you know, it's that outlander effect. So this kind of seems like the outlander, the outlander of witches, but um, that is a discovery of witches by Deborah Harkness. And then um, Cindy recommended steal the light by Lexi Blake. So in this one, the heroine is a thief of arcane artifacts and she lost her childhood sweetheart in a car accident and he comes back as a vampire. So, but he's like cold hearted now and is just there to protect her. He doesn't want to be involved um, romantically at all. And readers say there is a love triangle. So some people that will be reader crack and y'all be like, yes, love triangle, which is me. Um, <laughs> other people will be like, hell no, no love triangle. So you've been warned. But I read um, the sample of this one and Lexi's intro, like, you know, her acknowledgement section, she shares something from her personal life and how it inspired this book. And I thought that was like really interesting and how she, you know, put, I'm not going to say what it is because you can go read it on the look inside feature on, on Kindle, but um, it made me want to read the book more because it came from a personal place and experience that she had. So if you, you know, go check that out, that might convince you as well, but that's still light by Lexi Blake. It is a series um and i haven't read this one but we know lexi blake and she writes um very steamy books so my yeah you're gonna be very, very I, i'm like i'm adding that to my tbr yeah. just right now <laughs> because i'm like that's gonna be good yes <laughs> yeah and no I'm, I'm really intrigued so i haven't read i don't think i've read any of her paranormals i'm not sure okay um and then my next one has been on my shelf for a little while but it was recommended by shania and it's called the x hex by Aaron Sterling. Um, this is a newer one. So you're going to notice that all the books we're recommending, well, except Dawn's going to have mostly new ones, I think, but the books I'm recommending, it's going to be that early era, those aughts books, or it's going to be now. Like there was nothing in between. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's nothing in between. <laughs> it's like tumbleweeds. Um, but anyway, this is a new one. It is a lighthearted rom-com set in a witchy world. So Vivian puts a curse on her ex and it isn't like supposed to be a big deal. She's just kind of, you know, irritated and she puts this little curse on him, but (laughs) things go sideways as they tend to do. And um, from the back cover, it says, suddenly Graves Glen is under attack from murderous wind up toys, a pissed off ghost and a talking cat with some interesting things to say. Vivian Rise have to ignore their off the charts chemistry to work together to save the town and find a way to break the breakup curse before it's too late. So this sounds like if you're looking for something not too scary, lighthearted, funny, um, that, you know, it would be right up your alley. So kind of the rom-com blend with a paranormal, which is very of the moment. It feels like, yes, it's like the two popular things put together, but that's the X-Hex by Aaron Sterling. Well, and along those lines, we totally have to talk about Cloudy with a Chance of Witchcraft by Mandy Roth which I've had this on my TBR. It's been recommended to me. It's been sitting on my Kindle for a long time. And I finally had a chance to read it this past weekend. And it leans towards women's fiction. It's about a woman who gets a divorce and returns to, it's technically not her hometown, but a town she spent summers in. And that with her two best friends, because they're doing a whole new start thing, that town happens to be full of supernatural beings. And she just never noticed when she was younger and um her the love of her life the one true love that you know got away is the chief of police he's also possibly a werewolf (laughs) and um there's a serial killer stalking people you know Mm -hmm. as they do Mm -hmm. so if you like more of the kind of lighthearted magic in the everyday world with this kind of mystery thing um i definitely recommend that one 
And I would also recommend the Flanagan Sisters series by Amanda Reed, because it is about three series or three sisters that all have different gifts and they all get pulled into solving crimes. It's kind of like a murder she wrote with magic type thing. And it has a cozy tone to it, but it's really a lot of fun. I love that in this genre, there's like such a span of like light to dark because yes, the early ones are real dark. So you know, those are, those went into the dark, dark places, but now we're seeing a lot more like playfulness um, in those books. So that's fun. Um, my next rec is from, this is recommended by two people by Adele and Stephanie, and it's The Last Wolf by Maria Vale. So readers say this one has great world building and it's gritty and realistic and has a heavy focus on pack politics and tradition. So I have not read this one. It's on my shelf, but it sounds like if you love a plot and an intricate, like system of wolves and how they all interact so this dawn might be one for you um but it sounds like that's what a big focus is my guess is it's going to be a multi-book arc um if it's going into pack politics so that's the last last wolf by maria vale my tbr list is just growing like <laughs> exponentially ronnie's going to be like we need books for this new topic i'm going to be like but look at all the werewolves right <laughs> So if you're looking for something a little bit grittier that has like the politics and history and traditions, I would highly recommend Book of Secrets by Claudia Blood. It is the story, it takes place after the merge and the merge was when all of these realms and times and all of this stuff collided. And Joshua is one of the few humans who survived. And so now he's dealing with fey people and wolf shifters and all of these magic beings that he didn't even know existed but he has survived several hundred years at this point because time was crushed together and he is the head of the human protection agency and so he's like military and going to protect all the humans from the the um supernatural creatures and something really bad is going to happen. And so he has to team up with one of their most wanted who happens to be a wolf shifter and save the world. I love the name Claudia Blood. Every time you say it, it just sounds, makes the book sound scary. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's like way to brand yourself for sure. Um, my next one is one a lot of people have probably heard of, but this was wrecked by C on my um, newsletter. And it's Halfway to the Grave by Janine Frost, which is book one in the Night Huntress series. So I can also endorse this one. I've read the first three in the series and I really enjoyed it. Um, I will continue with the series one day, but you know how reading goes. <laughs> so it's like, so yes. to read. Um, but Cat and Bones are the main characters in this one. And they totally give me Spike and Buffy vibes, which just makes my heart warm. Um, so Cat is this like kick-ass demon hunter. She's half vampire, but she hates that part of herself because her vampire father like ruined her mother's life. So she's on a mission to go kill vampires. Um, and Bones is the vampire who captures her. And after that, adventure and romance ensue. Um, but if you are a Buffy fan and you liked Spike the best, which is what I am, and I don't know who other people are who didn't like Spike. I don't understand. But if you were a Spike fan, um, Bones definitely gave me that vibe. And I've talked about this one in a previous episode, I think. So that is Halfway to the Grave by Janine Frost. And then a newer one um, that was wrecked by Melissa. Um, and I'm saying wrecked, it sounds like wrecked, like crashed, recommended, <laughs> um, is Sin and Chocolate by K.F. Breen. 
So this one's set in a world where people are either magical or non-magical and the hero is a demigod. So we got something a little different. Um, and the heroine has adopted two teenagers, two teenagers she's responsible for. So they're going to interact and readers say there's great world building and that it's a slow burn. So there are no love scenes in this one. There may be in the future books because it's a continuing series, but I just wanted to warn people because um, sin and chocolate kind of implies things. So, and Dawn, I think we got this one um, at Book Bonanza, yes. right? This was in our Book Bonanza bag and it was actually one that I considered reading for this podcast. And so I have it like sitting on my shelf behind me actually. And I totally thought from the cover and the title, I was fully expecting it to be steamy. So I was really surprised when I saw in your notes that there were no love scenes. Yeah. Yeah. And if y'all are listening and have read this series, it might get steamier. Let us know. Um, but it's a really pretty cover. So it's, it's a very compelling cover. And then my next one's an oldie. Um, it's Succubus Blues by Rochelle Mead. She wrote The Vampire Academy. So you've heard that name before, but this was wrecked by Tracy. And I did read the very first one of this year, like 10 years ago. And I remember liking it. What I like about it is the main character, Georgina, Georgina is a succubus. So it's a little different, something a little different. So she uses her feminine wiles to feed on men's souls. Um, as but, you do right but because she's a nice person she tries to pick a moral men so that she doesn't feel so bad about it you know taking their soul they're they're bad anyway um and then by day she works in a bookstore and she gets this crush on like kind of this nerdy quiet writer and she can't be with him because if she sleeps with somebody she steals her soul so she can't even touch him um so she kind of, there's lots of pining so if you like a book with pining um and lusting from afar but that's a secondary plot line. Meanwhile, things are going awry in the demon underground and she has to get involved. Um, so if you liked Vampire Academy, this one is the adult, you know, version. It's got that same similar snarky humor that Rochelle Mead has in those YA books, but you get more adult themes. Um, but it's a whole series, but I did, I've only read the first one of this one, um, but there's, I think there's a number of them in there. So Succubus Blues by Rochelle Mead. Well, and so I've got to talk about Fire in His Blood by Ruby Dixon. And this is the same author that wrote Ice Planet Barbarians. And we know that that has a special place in my heart. We know Ronnie was a little freaked out and still hasn't forgiven me for one part of it. But I love Ruby Dixon's writing style. I love her world building. And this is dragons. It is dragons in a post-apocalyptic version of Dallas. I had to. I absolutely had to. So basically what has happened is dragons arrived and they've kind of ruined civilization because, you know, they breathe fire on everything. Mm -hmm. And so they've kind of ruined civilization. What's left is locked away in these forts and the main character is caught stealing because there's not enough food. There's not enough water. There's not enough resources. And they offer her as an offering to one of the dragons and so basically, like, they take her up in the top of a skyscraper, chain her to a pole, and are like, good luck, hope he <laughs> likes you, and leave. And so the dragon comes to check her out. It turns out he's actually a dragon shifter, super hot, no pun intended there. <laughs> and, and and it's a lot of fun because of there's a language barrier between them and she's got a really compelling reason why she needs to get back to where she came from and he's like nope you're mine you know it's it's a dragon it's i collect things and i'm going to hold on to it so i really enjoyed that one yeah 
you know, you loving all these dragon books. I can't say I've ever read a dragon book. So I don't think I have one dragon book in my, my red pot. Dawn is giving me the most judgmental look, you guys. I have a new goal. <laughs> I got her I got her to come over to Team Jacob. I've got to see right. if I can get her get her involved in On a dragon. Team Dragon. Um, yes. And then this next one, Dawn, I gifted you this recommendation for your birthday. So how did it go? It is Wolf Gone Wild by Juliet Cross, who we got to meet at Book Bonanza and was delightful. And I had my little fangirl moment. And I am 37% into this one and I am loving it. It is about a wolf shifter who has been hexed to where he can't shift. And so the longer you can't shift, the more annoyed the wolf becomes. And so he has to go find a hex breaker, which happens to be this witch. And just being around her just calms him. And um, I love his wolf, which is named Alpha. I love Alpha's voice mm. because Alpha's answer is, I'm either going to kill it or mate with it. What do we want to do here? <laughs> you know? And so I'm really loving the the snarkiness of that. Um, as I said, I am only 37% in. So, so far, I can't comment on like the steam level. I've heard it gets really steamy. Mm -hmm. So I will be finishing that and reporting back. Yeah. And I will say this one was recommended by newsletter readers too. So it, it wasn't just um, Dawn's recommendation now that they did say it was steamy and that was really fun. And I have this one on my list too, because it's a whole series. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then I found two on my own that I'm just going to add and, you know, pile on for your TBR. Y'all are just going to have to look at the show notes, you guys, because I know it's like, <laughs> it's giving you in a lot. Um, but there's a short story collection called Vampires Never Get Old. It's edited by Zareta Cordova. And the reason why I found this one was um, there's a short story in it by V.E. Schwab, who I love. And um, the story is called First Kill and a Netflix show got made of it. So it's, um, unfortunately it got canceled. So I'm, it has one season. So I, I haven't gotten to the end of the season. So I don't know if it ends on a cliffhanger. So just know that they canceled the series, but, um, it has, you know, a female, female relationship. So it's a lesbian relationship, but the key is one is a hunter, like a slayer. And the other one is a vampire. So of course, and they're supposed to be each other's first kill, right there. Cause they can't, do anything in their own society group until they've made their first kill and so they are each planning to kill each other and then they realize like wow she's really cute <laughs> you know <laughs> and they're in high school and you know so anyway that's in the vampires never get old collection and then um, I also added the nature of witches by Rachel Griffin and this kind of came across one of my emails of like you know book releases or whatever there's two books in the series now and it's about witches who control the climate and each witch is like assigned a season so I thought that was a really interesting like take on it um so I have added it to my list I don't know anything else about it but it's beautiful covers and the hardbacks if you like take off the sleeve they have these beautiful designs on the hardback so I happened to find that out in the Amazon reviews so I ended up getting the print copy so just if you like a pretty book um that is the nature of witches by Rachel Griffin can we have a conversation with the one that's controlling the Southern region, right. particularly the Texas area? Who's in charge of summer witches? <laughs> right. <laughs> Get that witch. <laughs> we need them. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that is our big pile of wrecks. And what do we need to do on top of a big pile of wrecks? We need to add our rad wrecks of the week. <laughs> so yes, we've got to have one more. 
Yes. Dom, what's your rad wreck this week? My rad wreck is Burn For Me by Alona Andrews. And I had heard of this book. It's been on my TBR. It's the first book in her hidden, in, well, it's a, a uh, writing team. It's the first book in their Hidden Legacy series. And I kept seeing it like pop up. And I was like, okay, I'll add that. That might be a good one for, for this episode. And then literally, like I downloaded it to my Kindle. I hit up Facebook and this one group that I'm in on Facebook was like, okay, we need to set up a support group for people who are reading this series. And I was like, well, I'm not in this group really, but I just downloaded it. And they're like, we're here for you when you need us <laughs> afterwards. And I was okay, got to get into this. So it's all the emotions, all the feels. It is... um set in a world where everybody just accepts that magic exists and the world is basically being run by houses and the house is established by your lineage and how much magic your family has and who you married and all that kind of thing so it's very much a class system almost Mm -hmm. and this is the story of nevada who is a basically a human lie detector she can tell if somebody's not not telling the truth but she's always kind of hidden that because she doesn't want to be used by the government. She doesn't want to be used by law enforcement because she's a private investigator. And she is assigned to bring in a fire mage, which is somebody who can just create fire out of anything and burn anything they want because he killed a cop during a bank robbery. And so every cop is out looking for this guy, but his house wants him alive. And so she gets assigned to, she has to bring him in. And there's really high stakes for her of why she has to accept this and why she's stuck doing it, even though she's kind of low level. And then there's Mad Rogan. And I may be in love with Mad Rogan. I'm just saying. He is after the same person, different reason. He's a billionaire, but he's like the mysterious creepy billionaire and he has crazy magic powers. So it's got great conflict, great tension, very slow burn. And I'm really excited to read the next one in the series. So that's right. burn for me by Alona and Andrews. So there will be romance. Romance is promised. <laughs> yes. Romance is promised. Yeah. I've heard really good things about that series too. I have not read it, but it probably in the depths of my TBR. <laughs> That book is probably in there somewhere. Um, All right. Mine, I'm going full Buffy for you guys um, on mine, but this is it. This new book. It's called. Go ahead. It's better than going full buff. (laughs) No one wants that. (laughs) No podcast buffage. Um, But this is In Every Generation by Kendara Blake. This is not to be confused with the nonfiction book that just came out called Into Every Generation. That's also about Buffy. Um, I did try to read the nonfiction book and it just wasn't for me. So I'm just going to say that much. (laughs) I thought it was going to be like how much he loved Buffy and it was going to be kind of like a breakdown of Buffy and some, I don't know. It's not what I was reading for. So anyway, this is In Every Generation by Kintara Blake. I'm so excited because Disney Hyperion is publishing um, books set in the Buffyverse now. So this is like officially licensed, you know, Buffyverse books. And I am so here for it. I was so excited to see this. Um, I listened to this one on audiobook. It is on Hoopla. So if you have Hoopla for your library 
And it was like a complete delight. So I didn't know how I'd feel about a story set, you know, in the Buffy verse. Um, but this story really gave me the feel like I was watching a Buffy season. Like Kendare Blake really, you could tell she was a super fan of it. She put little like um nuggets in there that from the show, you know, like little what do they call those things? I'm the, the what's the right word of when they bury Easter eggs. <laughs> yes, thank you. So they put little Easter eggs in it. So if you've watched the show, you know, you pick up on those things. But um, and it followed the cadence of a Buffy season. So there were like little battles with things and then there was a big bad because every season in Buffy you know there's a big bad that they're Mm going to beat at the end of the season so the audiobook was the way to go for this because you could tell the narrator had studied the actors on the show so she had like Willow's cadence down and Spike's accent and I could picture all the characters really easily um this is a YA not all of them in the Buffyverse are going to be YA but this one happens to be it focuses on Willow's daughter Frankie so, you know, Willow, played by Allison Handigan, was the witch on the show. Um, she's So Frankie's kind of like a fledgling witch. And um, early in the story, something happens at a Slayer convention. Because if you've watched Buffy, there are now more Slayers um, at the end of the show. And something happens and all the Slayers kind of disappear. And they don't know if they're dead or gone or in a portal or something. Um, and Frankie suddenly becomes the Slayer. So she feels really ill-equipped. She's very much like willow and the fact that you know she's kind of quiet and she's like earth loving and you know just wants to recycle and she's not <laughs> buffy um and she's very uh aware that she's not like her aunt buffy so she has that kind of insecurity thing going and they're in new sunnydale because they built sunnydale again because sunnydale will not die even though the hell mouth is under there you guys <laughs> <laughs> why, yeah, why are you rebuilding there <laughs> so they're gonna have demon problems and you get your familiar characters too so even though this is about her daughter and there are new characters introduced. You get Willow the Witch, you get Oz the Werewolf, you get Xander, and my favorite Spike is now the Watcher. So if you're a Buffy fan, the Watcher was like Giles the Librarian. So picture Spike having to wear tweed. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like a whole running joke through the book because he really just wants to wear his leather duster. Um, so seeing Spike play that role is really fun. And um, Frankie gets her own like team of friends that mimics kind of the Buffy Scooby gang. And so in true Buffy style, they have to go face a big bad. They have demon problems they got to deal with. There's lots of snarky humor. It has the tone of the show. Um, so I really had a great time listening to it. And I do want to warn you, it's the first of a trilogy. So it does have a cliffhangery feel, but enough wraps up like a season of Buffy. Enough wraps up that you feel like, you know, you can move on with life if before the next one comes out. The next one does come out in January. And then the third one doesn't come out until the next year in January. So one a year, you guys. But I loved it and I'm looking forward to it. And I'm going to add on, this isn't a rad pick because I haven't read it yet. But since we're talking about Buffy, if you're a Spike fan, another book in that universe focuses on Spike before he met Buffy. So it's a Spike prequel and it's called A Bloody Fool for Love. Um, It's written by William Ritter. So of course I bought that the day it came out and I'm like totally excited about it. And I'm very (laughs) sad because I can't find an audiobook because I want to hear Spike's voice. But um, yes, so lots of books coming out in that buffy verse so if you are a super fan um you have lots to read very nice so now you have a 18 foot tall tbr (laughs) pile all of these will be listed on our show notes and Mm -hmm. all of the links and authors and all that will be there plus information about ronnie's class which is amazing and you should totally take it if you've ever had any interest in writing a romance novel yeah, we spend the class breaking down dirty dancing. So if that's yes, <laughs> if that's your thing. It's awesome. 
And if you have some paranormal wrecks, as if our TBR piles are not tall enough at this point, if you have some paranormal wrecks, particularly if you have some dragon books that Ronnie <laughs> needs to read, and I would probably read them just to make sure they were safe for you, mm-hmm. feel free to hit us up on social media. We have gotten some recommendations through our messages on Instagram or on the Facebook page. You can find all of that at, at Rad Reading Podcast. Mm-hmm. And we we love those. Tell us all about the, what you're reading. Yes. And this is the point of the show. I'm going to beg for reviews, you guys, on Apple. <laughs> so if you like our show, the best way for other people to discover it is to get reviews on Apple iTunes um, so that it pushes you up so other people get recommended our show. So if you like us and you have a moment, we would love if you went and you know gave us a little review about what you like about the show or just give us the stars or whatever you want. So that's our little our little ask. But yes, give us your recs go read, go forth and read. Um, if I read all these books on, if I read this whole stack, the next Ronnie Leverin book's going to end up being paranormal. <laughs> it's going to mess me up. So, all right, you guys, thanks for listening to our long list. Um, we hope that every book you pick up until we see you again is Brad reading. Bye you guys. Bye. Bye.